Dark Art Society podcast covers a variety of important and contemporary issues, including dark art, as well as other kinds of art, literature, film, music, also culture, philosophy, dreams, paranormal experiences, magic, and a whole lot more than that. I'm Mike Carell, director of Chet's Art, I Like to Paint Monsters, and you are listening to the Dark Art Society podcast, hosted by renowned artist Chet Zar. Hey, what's up, Mike? Hey, Chad, how are you? Oh, I'm pretty good. How are you? Yeah. I'm good. I just got done with the Land of Enchantment tour, which was a lot of fun. And it was like four days or three days and two half days. So I guess four in total. But it was a blast. It was, I think, one of the the most enjoyable ones so far because the person that was my ward during the experience uh, was just mind blown, like moment after moment after moment. So it was super gratifying because it was just looking at his face, just like, ah, you know, gobsmacked. So yeah, he got, he had a, he had a really good time, which is really gratifying to me. So it was a lot of fun. That's cool. Yeah. You, what about you? Oh, I, I'm I'm good. I just uh, the hell is that sound? I I'm good. I'm good. I just was. Uh, I'm having a. I posted a little sale to cover my mortgage because I'm so broke again all of a sudden. So mortgage is covered now. Now I just have nice. a few more bills to pay, and we're good. So um, of course the sale. Well, that, the that sale will be over tour. by tomorrow. Go ahead. <laughs> Over by tomorrow? Oh, by by today when this is posted. Sorry. Oh well, that doesn't work. <laughs> kind of promo. I'm not is promoting that? it. I'm just sit, talking about my life here. <laughs> okay. Well, then we'll move on. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on. Let's move on because I am really excited about today's guest. Um, I think that uh, she's like our most famous guest yet. I believe. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> wow. <laughs> she, <laughs> she's an an artist, a sculptor and a painter, and she's in a band and she's one of the first people I met in the art scene actually. And she got me in, I think my, my first group show. So I actually owe her a lot. And uh, her name is Liz McGrath, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, thanks for for having me. Thanks for the nice welcome too. I didn't, I didn't know all that. Yeah. Well, you know, you, (laughs) because it's been like 20 years yeah right <laughs> well i remember uh, you know we had a, a a mutual acquaintance and i think i came to your studio at one point in a loft in downtown when you were creating some of your older sculptures the uh, diorama type type sculptures and i think i went to your studio i have a memory of it i i, I hope it happened i remember going to when you were working on a a movie um oh god it wasn't it was right after hellboy or maybe it was during hellboy the tool maybe, maybe it was a tool video or was it at one of the shops oh that was fred stir was it fred stir studios no like in the animation no because he did the tool and then he didn't oingo boingo and uh, sepultura right yeah yeah no he wasn't working on with sepultura no. I, I i art directed it you did really that's so badass. Yeah, she's... I loved Sepultura back in the early nineties. Ah, <laughs> she, she's... Oh, they were. I mean, I didn't really get it. I think I saw them at a distance because you're, you know, you're like one of the slave sweatshop people in the back. Yeah, a <laughs> hundred, you know, miniature animated props. The hired hands. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, I don't. I don't remember. My memory is shot, but um, I do remember for sure that I uh, after I you were the only person I really knew in the art scene and when i started i first wanted to be a sculptor as as a fine artist more than a painter but then um it it was so expensive and difficult to produce this piece the way i wanted to do them that i kind of switched to painting because it was just too 
too difficult to sell. But I contacted you to see if you had any advice for getting in the in the art scene because I, I hadn't shown anywhere and you had uh, a a group show at Copper the old Copper Gallery called the Haunted Dollhouse and you're like oh I'm having a show this next month you can put your piece in there and I was like wow so that was kind of my like my foot in the door so thank oh, you for that oh that's super cool <laughs> well, thank you thank you for doing it yeah um, she gave me my yeah, start I saw your work at the Guillermo del Toro Studios that was it. I think, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I think that's maybe where I saw you again and I saw your piece and I like, see, I, I, now I'm, now I kind of remember it. And I think I was like, <laughs> you got to put this in my dollhouse show. <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. And you're like, I don't know. Really? really? And yeah, I think so. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, but it's sculpture. And I'm like, dude, that's why it'll be so awesome. Cause it'll stand out. And, uh, yeah, no, it was cool. I, I think. I, I yeah. Know. Yeah. Well, however, however it happened, <laughs> you got me in my first show and I appreciate it. And you did this amazing, the show was amazing because you did a haunted dollhouse as the centerpiece of the show in the room. Oh yeah. My friend helped me. God, that dollhouse so cool. was like the most so expensive cool. piece <laughs> well, at the time that I'd make. So it was like, it was, I, I imagine it's like when you own a house and you have to fix all the floors then like there's every like little minute detail like oh I gotta put all the tiles in right. oh I gotta get all the shingles like it's just like every little mini thing costs like a fortune right yeah yeah, yeah. it was incredible though it was super cool super cool but yeah you're you're um you know you're you're kind of in the big time you're kind of you're kind of big time really <laughs> well you're like know. you're kind it's of so it big time <laughs> <laughs> I know everybody thinks the big time is is bigger than it actually is but uh you you were kind of in that first wave of, you know, what they were calling lowbrow, I guess, at the time, or was it pop surrealism yeah, back then? No, it was lowbrow. And then it, um, and then that, I think that got just really copied. Mm-hmm. Like there was like a lot of, and so there, and then also there was kind of the separation, I think between, like, I think the lowbrow kind of came, like there really wasn't that many galleries. Um, you know, the, how I remember it, uh, I think I was coming in like the late 90s or maybe the early 90s. No, it must have been the late 90s. Oh, God, when did I start my pumping? 89? <laughs> I don't know. I have the worst memory. But I remember at the time there was La Luz. There's Mary Karnowski. There was Zero One Gallery. There was only a few galleries. Right. And the internet really was, wasn't was accessible, like how it, not like today. Mm. So it was kind of like the art was all jumbled. So I remember like La Luz had like really crazy folk art and then like, Save the Dead stuff, which you couldn't see anywhere because it wasn't like you go into, you know, Target and then it's like everything's Save the Dead. It was like, um, you know, really specific. And like, well, what is this? But so, and then there'd be taxidermy and just random things thrown together. Mm-hmm. And um, and then like, I think Mary had like Shepherd Fairy and. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think because, yeah, because Zero One was showing them. But then I think like, I remember being in there one day and God, it might have been Mirror One or somebody walked in and they spray painted it on the floor like, Pay us the fucking money you owe us. <laughs> like, at, at Mary, <laughs> at Mary's gallery? No, 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 not Mary's. Um, at zero one. Oh, at zero one. That makes more yeah. sense. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, what's going on? Oh my like, god. Whoa, whoa. I was talking about this show. If you want, to. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, so I think it was kind of like the, and and then it was kind of a like a merge of like like musicians and just different people that would show up to these events, mm-hmm. and they'd be like, oh, Billy, I got this thing can i put it in the show and he'd sometimes he'd be like sure or or he wouldn't say anything yeah. and walk away because <laughs> that's kind of billy he's actually shy but um right 
Oh, I, so it kind of felt like it was there was like a proximity to the galleries, and then you know it was kind of like, oh, you're kind of in the scene or whatever. And I think that it kind of started breaking off. Like the pop surrealists were, I would say they're almost more like skilled compared <laughs> 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 to like the low. Well, because you know, like more I didn't go to art, art school. I mean, yeah, I didn't, I didn't either. I didn't either. Yeah. It was, so I think it was like a lot of self-taught, and like there wasn't really, you know, it was kind of, and it was kind of an anything goes. There wasn't really, a, you know. A style. I mean, there was Robert Williams was definitely the kingpin, mm-hmm. and um, but so many people were kind of copying what he was doing right. that it kind of just like diluted how rad his pieces were. I mean, not it would never dilute his actual pieces, but just you know, just you, people just equated it like, oh, it's like those big boob women that are right. drawn badly, like <laughs> up, on top of a hot rod or something right. with like no background or something. So. Right. Um, and and the other interesting thing was like there was a Clayton Brothers and some other oh yeah Clayton Brothers like, uh, Aaron uh, oh god the, I can't I'm so bad right now at, at well my memory what am I saying I can't say right now I'm <laughs> I, like, I can't memory, remember anything my memory is uh, terrible too yeah but but so they were they were showing it like La Luz and stuff so but because at the time there wasn't anywhere there was like this in between kind of art that was like too crazy for I guess blue chip or whatever the i don't i don't know i don't really understand that whole thing but and then the, there was only like there's like i feel like there's different tiers like hell yeah. <laughs> like, which tier are you on and the higher it gets the more hellish it gets but yeah. um but uh so anyways you have all these like really amazing art center teachers oh like michael husser and all these um right. you know amazing painters that are showing at like la Luz, but then Where's the, you know, then where do the students go? So Copro kind of bridged that gap at one point. Mm. And then Lalu's opened Billy Shire. And Mary was always kind of doing, like, she had, like, Shepard and uh, and Camille. And who, who else was she have? She had that other guy that kind of looks like, kind of looks like uh, Robert Williams. <laughs> Who's that guy? I can't think of his name. <laughs> uh, anyway, it looks um, like Robert Williams. Kent Williams? Uh, She's got Kent Williams. Isn't Kent Williams one no, of her artists? No, he, he was. He was anyways, later, right? there, but you know, but but she used to work at Tamara Bain um, when I first met her because her ex boyfriend and my ex boyfriend, the Fred Sturgeon, and her ex boyfriend Dean Carr were were uh, music video directors. Ah, she was working with um, and whatever. This is all boring. Bottom line <laughs> is, uh, bottom line is that uh, there was a point when there was like art center teachers showing at La Luz, and then when their students like, oh, you know, I went, they started kind of. You know, because people kind of imitate when they're first starting out. So right. they started showing at Lulu's. And, and then it just became all these people that were really awesome. Mm-hmm. And then people like me that <laughs> kind of just like glued things together. Like, what? Uh, your stuff was but, amazing. Your stuff was uh, amazing. Yeah. But, but, but I think that like there wanted to be a separation between the, um, between like the pops, or, like then pop surrealism came, came out. Like, right. In my recollection, there was a vote. But then I talked to Kirsten Anderson. And Are you serious? She, what, what do you mean? Who voted? Who, was, like, who voted I, on this? <laughs> oh, I feel like, well, Gary Pressman's dad used to own the Key Club. And that's kind of how I got into the, the whole art thing was um, I was in this punk band and he asked my punk band to play this juxtapose party. Tongue? Just, yeah, Tongue. Okay. So we had just interviewed um, uh, Joe Escalante from the Vandals and that's Greg Escalante's brother. So right. he was playing. So anyway, so he had this, which that used to be, God, what was that club? Gazaris? I don't know. Oh, yeah, Gazaris. Yeah, something like that. So, I, I if I, this is how I remember, but like, Greg Escalante did remember this. I got to ask Gary. Gary Pressman said he kind of remembered it. I asked Kirsten Anderson because I know that she definitely came up with the name or she found it in a Kenny Scharf interview. 
oh. and thought that was a great name. Yeah, I know she was kind of the one who pushed it. Yeah, well, it was. I know Mark Ryden and Mary Pat, and like a lot of artists wanted to be like separated from mm. the lowbrow scene. Oh, wow. um, and so just because it was, and then Robert Williams was kind of like, well, I'm this is this is my thing, or you know, he wasn't he wasn't gonna, you know, he pioneered that. Right. And I mean, I remember at one point there was like a painting that Shag did. And it was like Robert Williams in a wheelchair with like troll coming really? out, and like a yeah, it was fucked up. It, it was like getting this like weird, ugly kind oh of oh my god, it was like I, humor, but it was just like so. Um, you know, but I mean, Robert Williams, dude, everybody was copying his shit. What right. you know? Of course, he's gonna be gra- you know. I would be pissed. Like, um, so anyways, so then you know, pop realism didn't want to be part of that, and, and they have a distinctive enough style. And I remember that there was like a vote that was supposed to happen at the Key Club. I remember just going because there was like, going to be free drinks and food. It's like the and, mob or something. This is all new to me because I got in so late, I guess. Well, <laughs> the four like, families got together and had a vote. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a panel discussion. Really, we all went for the free food and drink because it was, you know, good food and good drinks and um, a cool atmosphere. So I think everybody was, you know, goofing off. And I don't know if that really solidified it, but uh, Chris and I come out with that book. And I remember that was kind of, um, that was going to happen. So. Right. What a trip. I had no idea about all that. Interesting. There you go, folks. The story behind yeah. the boat. On yeah, the yeah. This is the first I've heard of it. So this is, yeah. this is the Late deep stuff. I knew it was all going to change. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew it was all going to change when it went global. Because then it was like it didn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. So now like the two are totally interchangeable. Yeah. And I think I was is. doing a book signing tour thing in like through Italy. And, and, and we had just, our band had just kind of toured through there too. So they wanted to, um, they wanted to like organize like a lowbrow show in a museum and uh, they really like, they wanted like Mark Ryden, like all these people who had just voted this pop realism name. And I'm like, you know, I, I don't think these people are going to do it. Like they're really passionate about this new thing, pop surrealism. Uh, and they were like, we're not doing that. Wait, that's really bad <laughs> Italian accent. We're not doing that. Like, we are not like, doing that. Yeah, there you go. Like, <laughs> done. Surrealism has been done. Lowbrow is ours. <laughs> but anyways, you get it. So I, you know, that made me think. Like, you know what? They're right. Like, but you know, at that point, I think now it really it doesn't matter. It's both. Yeah. Although I, I say I'm lowbrow. <laughs> you, 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 you. What? I mean, where? What do you consider your art to be now? Do, do you do you call it lowbrow or pop surreal or art or? Do you you refer to it? Well, I mean, for the sake of just being easy in conversation, but, you know, I'm really trying to think of a new, like, I I love that you guys have the dark art society. Like that's, that's brilliant. That's well, that's, you know, I'm not sure if you've heard it. I'll just go over it quickly for you. But um, we, when we were making the, the, I like to paint monsters documentary, because Mike directed the documentary about me. That's how we became friends. Um, And is it out? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll send you a copy for sure. It's, oh yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. Couple. It was released in 2016 by First Run Features. It's out on iTunes and DVD. And but I'll send you a copy. I'll send you a copy. Yeah, please sure. do. Please um, do. Yeah, uh, yeah. I should have had you in. Inter- we should have interviewed her for that. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I was, yeah, on, I, was right. on, I just I was on bed rest and yeah. for, uh, when I had my I was I was I wasn't hiding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know you. You did that. Yeah. Should have. I should have. I should have at least asked. But uh, <laughs> um, so one thing we discovered during the, the this documentary was this whole dark art movement that we're calling dark art. And and it's not that we're calling it. It's that we noticed that everybody, the, the people that go to the shows, were calling it dark art. And so um, 
rather than try and come up with a clever new name, we were just, you know, it's like, this is what everybody calls it. Nobody, what's in a name anyway, it doesn't really matter as long as everyone agrees on what that definition is. It doesn't, it could be Joe, is could be the name of the movement. It doesn't really matter. You know, it's the, the, the work makes the name important, not the other way around. So, so we just decided to kind of maybe embrace it and um, try and promote it because it's, it's definitely a little subset of the whole lowbrow pop surrealism scene and you know i i would say that to me your stuff is definitely dark art at least especially your earlier your earlier work and but even like um camille rose garcia as well is goes there a little bit you know it's like there's a certain if there's a kind of a creepy element that not all of lowbrow or pop surrealism necessarily has um i I think i mean you know there was like a few Galleries are like, oh, can you not put blood in your work and stuff like that? <laughs> I feel like, you know, after a while, like, I, I don't know, I'm at like a crossroads. Like, I don't even want to do art in the gallery. I don't even know what I'm doing. Right. Taking a break. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I like, I like dark arts. Yeah, I think I like dark arts better because... I think that's a better, you know, it's broad, I like that. Yeah, it's broad. And, and like I said, it's what everyone calls it anyway. So it's so why not just kind of go with it? It's already a term that's, you know, in, in people's coming out of people's mouths anyway. And and we need uh, people that are doing this kind of darker work sort of need something to rally around, you know, kind of and to, to legitimize the movement, I suppose, and galvanize it because there's so much of it happening on this kind of grassroots level that getting, you know, uh, uh, accepting a name for it is, is just going to help forward the whole thing, you know? But... Uh, what about, like, the Safarian wing angel? <laughs> that's what I... <laughs> yes! That's what, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying, though. I mean, I, I, I tried to come up... I tried to come up with all these clever names in the past for my stuff. Like, oh, my stuff is going to be post-apocalyptic. What was it? Po- post-apocalypse. I thought that was pretty good. But it, it just never caught on. <laughs> I, I mean, I had a You're so clever, Mr. Bizarre. <laughs> it's like every artist wants to be like, well, my art is its own movement in itself, you know, and it, and it, it, it but it's, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The art matters. It's just a, a means to an end, really, to, to have a, a name. I think it's just, uh, it's, 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 it's good for us to have a name, but I, I mean, but I would definitely, to me, you are really one of the kind of the forerunners of dark art, seriously, because oh, you were in that scene. You know, other than Camille, I can't think of another person that was doing specifically kind of dark and creepy work. And I think yours is actually was creepier than hers, you know. <laughs> so, you know, you're kind of one of the OGs, really. In that, in yeah, that yeah, scene. Well, Billy, you know, Billy was awesome. He kind of let me do whatever I wanted. Yeah. And until like I later when you just need to make money and you're like, oh, OK. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do the kittens and the mermaids. Right. <laughs> but well, your stuff, your mermaids, that's like, you know, your stuff still has the w- mermaid on it. It's so, you know, so it's, so yeah, I, I, I think that, I think that's cool. And I feel like Copro definitely kind of, um, had fostered that scene for a mm-hmm. while. Yeah. Yeah. They've kind of, yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. Um, and, and, and that's, that's because of you, like you really brought a movement to, over there to them with, um, with that group show that you did that I never, I still got to do one of these days, but I never conjoined the conjoined show. Yeah. the Yeah. It's, we're doing it in January again. I I told you before you, there's an open invitation for you whenever you have the time. Cause you're, it's a, maybe if I work on it now for next January, (laughs) this is like the first time I haven't had a, like, I'm not like, I know, uh, I know you're busy trying to finish a deadline, like in like 
but like I've, I've not done anything for like the last four or five months. Yeah. Just, I, I'm, I'm at a point myself where I'm just, the other day I was thinking, I'm just going to slow down and say, fuck it. I can't keep going at this crazy pace. I just can't. And it's, I just can't do it. And I'm too old. I'm like 50 now. And it's like, I, I can't, I can't do it. And I feel almost in a way like <clears throat> on some kind of energetic level, it's going to be better for me financially. If I can start, you know, slowing down a bit and just letting things come to me. And I don't know, just being more relaxed about it. Cause I just, I've been stressing out I'm trying to do too much. I mean, you see, I don't know if you see on social media, but I'm just constantly making work just to make ends meet. But I, yeah, I know. You're, that's one thing I was going to ask you about. What's up with that? You're like one of the few artists that is not. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm just going to delete the whole thing. I hate, I hate it. I mean, I was big back in the Friendster days. <laughs> Friendster. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I had a lot of friends on Friendster. I had a lot of friends on MySpace. I don't know. I just got lazy. Yeah. I, you know, the other thing is like, it's really hard for me to say no. Like I'm the kind of person that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Things, and then I end up just doing all this other stuff. I'm like, not even, I'm like, you know, taking photos of my backyard. Cause somebody's asking me what's, what is it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're not, you end up not, you end up just answering all this stuff. And I, and I'm also kind of OCD. So mm. I have to like answer every single question. Uh, okay. And then I don't, I can't get anything done. So it's um, not, not and beyond that, like I, you know, sometimes you just, I, you know, I feel like I don't want to see what other people are doing. Well, just friends of mine, not art. Right. Art I like. I mean, I wish, I wish if I was on Instagram that I would just see art, right. but I don't. Like I see other shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever you know. Well, and, the, the thing about social media now, though, for and and I and you know, I guess you kind of have that luxury since you started so early and you've got a reputation that. You know, so many artists now, especially the newer artists, are you you have to utilize social media to to get their name out there and to make sales. It's like, yeah, for me, I'd have no money if it weren't for social media. Yeah, I mean, that's it's, how it's, I spend all it's, my money. All of it. Money. <laughs> <laughs> for for me, none of us do. But for me, it's a uh, it's about. <clears throat> being able to promote the work to sell and to connect with the fans because uh, you know through social media i've i've got this uh really strong connection with and a strong fan base to where if i post stuff on there for sale they'll just they sell right away so it's like it, it's a way to communicate directly with the fans and so um i have to do it in order to to, to make a living but i've i've um i i enjoy it though i because I, I have no social life at all outside of social media pretty much i have a couple a handful of friends mike and a few others and other than that i'm a total hermit so it is kind of like a, a you know what it was meant to be i think for it, when it was initially created recluses, recluses like <laughs> yeah. us you know those of us that are like i live i live out in the middle literally i live like an hour from civilization i live uh, you know cows and horses around me in middle of nowhere wild west i live in northern new mexico so uh -huh. and that was why i told told jed at the beginning i do these land of enchantment tours out here because i know the area so well and i own a home out here so i tour people around and and take them on adventures basically would it be Near Red River, New Mexico, possibly. Yeah, Red River is uh, just about an hour and a half northeast of here from my house. Yeah, ah. Red River is beautiful. I know some great stuff up in Red River. Yeah, Angel Fire and See My Phone House. Because there was, um, I, don't, I mean, I, I, right now it's kind of in the beginning state. Well, I guess we have the weekend. We're, I was talking about doing like a vampire festival out oh, wow. there. 
the second to the fourth or something. I don't really know. I was like, oh, it could be like a parade. I don't know. I was kind of thinking like, I wanted to ruin vampires for goths. (laughs) 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 I want to make it like a WWF of vampires. Like I want there to be like, you know, uh, all the, like the lost boys, like Corey Feldman and like (laughs) Elvira, Blackula, but then like also (laughs) vampires and have them coming out and like, I don't know, like spandex, red, white, and blue. Because, because see, there's a steampunk ruin me. I hate steampunk, so I want to ruin. <laughs> I want to ruin something for someone. So I was thinking that, but apparently, like, I guess um, uh, this guy, uh, Jake Valentine, who I was talking to about all this, um, he was saying that they they're into it and they want to do it the second to the fourth, and like the cities into it, they're going to make the r- river red. One of the days. Wow. The idea. I don't know. Red, I so like- Red River has a bike rally, and uh, they they get quite a bit of tourism up there. It's almost it's a trip because it's there's a major Germanic influence, and it has a very alpine setting. And you're up in the Aspen and stuff, real tall trees, Amanita muscaria mushrooms up there. You're at that real high plateau, and there's a ski lodge there. And the town really subsists on, and New Mexico in general subsists on arts and funding from film and creation and hosting artwork and galleries and things of that nature. So yeah, Red River's a great area i know that area i love it there's big horn rams up there with big old curly horns and that's yeah, great you should talk to it's mike cool. about it definitely after the or some other time after the show because he knows new mexico like oh yeah crazy. definitely well i guess if it happens we'd be we we will be looking for artists that want to make giant puppets there you go mike that you nice. know want to be in the parade i really that's all i got <laughs> but i know bram stoker does um they do a bram stoker parade in ireland so well, and, uh, yeah, if you know anybody up there that wants to get down with some touring, you let them know you got a couple extra days on either side. I'll show them around, give them an experience. He knows everything. <laughs> anyway. Actually, this is all art. It's, this is all art, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I take people out and show and show show people the universe's art. You know, it's funny. I take people out and they build rock carns and they look at these mountains that have been there for you know since the Pleistocene era when this this whole entire area was near the equator. You know, eighteen hundred miles south, and there were volcanoes and seabeds and shit. It's just a trip. You're looking at that, going, "Yeah, I could never do anything that cool. It never happened. Exactly. <laughs> I'm nothing. I'm insignificant. I'm an ant. Humble me." But, but it's awesome to look at it. You know, you know, because I was kind of like, I got really, you know, yeah, I mean, it, you have to do this, I guess. I don't know. I'm trying to see if there's a different way to do it without the social media. Because, you know, you get on that roller coaster and then it's like, oh, God, you got to keep maintaining it. And mm-hmm. I was doing pretty good with my merch at one, you know, but then I just kind of slacked on everything when I had my daughter. So right. now I'm just kind of like, oh, God, do I want to get it's going to be so much work to do that. And I'm trying to, like, figure out, like, well, what do I, I don't know what I want to do. I guess um, in my midlife crisis, but <laughs> but I was like, you know, I like I like I know a lot of artists and I know a lot of musicians, and I want to do something cool. Like it maybe, yeah. But the other thing that that's done is it's I'm like not afraid, like of you know, because I think a lot of artists are afraid, like they're afraid to like post the wrong thing because then they might lose some fans, or right. afraid to like speak out to a gallery, you know, and all this shit. And it's I was talking to all these artists, and I realized like, fuck, dude, like. Cause you're right. Like most of the artists we spend, like, I mean, there was one time I didn't even go outside for like three months of my building mm. downtown. Wow. Like I didn't even go outside to like, I just was working so much and yeah. you just end up working these crazy hours. You don't see another person. Yep. You're just like, hold up, you know? Um, so it's kind of like you spend so much time in like a solitary confinement situation. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can relate. Yeah. That, yes. that, you know, it's, it start it starts to, uh, you start to like live in a different reality and, and, and I think sometimes, 
you know, there's all these interlopers out there that take advantage of that or like, right. you know, that, like, or I don't know. I don't know what I'm getting at, but <laughs> I, I can't ever remember what I'm saying, but I'll get it. <laughs> I, well, uh, let's, I, I wanted to ask you uh, specifically. So, so Billy is kind of, was kind of your, your, the guy that got you in the scene, right? And this is for people that don't know, this is Billy Shire from, uh, the Luz de Jesus gallery. And he also had Billy Shire, uh, Billy Shire fine arts, which was an amazing gallery, but closed down during the fine. I think he opened it right around the big financial crash. And he had some before that, but that didn't that, uh, isn't that what killed it? I I think he closed it right around that time. Yeah. Yeah. But I also think Billy likes, he was just doing too much too. So it was was a cool gallery. It's a really cool gallery. You know, that was kind of, you know, the beginning of the end for me, but Mm. I don't know. Like when I just, it just, uh, I think after that, I saw, well, I was showing with Alex Sloan. Right, right. She's really cool. She used to work at, um, at, uh, La Luz. So right. she was supposed to, she was supposed to work at Billy Shire, but she ended up going to New York and opening a gallery there. Does she still have a but, gallery there? No, she closed it down. I mean, yeah. it, you know, it was kind of like, if you don't have a lot of funding, it's just, I mean, the gallerists are, are putting everything they have into it too. Usually like it's, you know, I know yeah, I know yeah. it's, so, so many uh, people are really down on the galleries, but I, I, you know, I'm very sympathetic to the gallery scene, especially having curated shows and seeing how the inner workings are. It's really difficult to make a living well, running a gallery. <laughs> not exactly all the way. And since I have no fear, I will just cut. Yeah, yeah, no, f- feel free. Shit, I don't care, but um, <laughs> I was like, God, if only I can remember the shit I was going to talk. <laughs> I was going to, there was some shit I was going to. Ah, Okay, whatever. Bring it on. It was, it was there. I'm sure I'll figure it out. Okay. But um, I don't. You don't. No, you don't, you don't think that. You don't think that's true. With the, where it's difficult to for a gallery. I, well, I think some galleries definitely deserve it, and I think others don't. Yeah. So, well, that's true. That's true. I don't you know. know. I think. I think a lot. I think. I think the galleries kind of because I mean, at the, in the beginning, there was um, you know, there wasn't that many galleries. It was like a handful of galleries. They were all really respectful of each other. They weren't really. They weren't really trying to poach each other. Oh yeah, yeah. And 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 the other thing is they weren't getting like copycat artists in there, and that's like a really big problem that people are too scared to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I say we need to talk about it. All right, damn it. <laughs> let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, anyways, well, actually, I got to go back to that one thing. It was um Gary Pressman who pulled me in basically before he was working at Copro. Mm-hmm. Um, he would take me oh, to like okay. all stuff. Yeah, that's and right. That's right. That's right. right. He introduced me to Billy because he was like a fan and. Yeah. come to see my punk band play so oh yeah right and of course i also like my big I, my only two goals were, were like to be to be in juxtapose and or to be on the cover of juxtapose and then to be in uh at la luz like that was my whole goal <laughs> <laughs> i guess if i had more when and then I, I i never made it on the cover of juxtapose because that new guy came in or whatever right right and then, and then we were there i remember because I mean, I guess like there was rumors or whatever. Cause I, one of my articles got messed up and like, Oh yeah, we're going to put, we're going to put you on the next cover. And so Billy and I were up there with Annie and the guy's like, you're never going to know any of the new artists on the covers. And I was like, so bummed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just, I just, I'm supposed to have an article in there next, next printing. Cause now, now they're, they're going quarterly. So in February, there's, they're going like larger format and quarterly from oh, cool. what I've heard. So yeah, that I, guy's out there now. I can't remember. I don't know his name. 
whatever his name is. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they they definitely, you know, they 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 aren't what they used to be. That's for sure. But you know, uh, well, the internet kind of took away. You know, they actually have a great internet. I mean, website. Kind of went into you know a different direction. Right. um, With stuff, but part you know part of it's like okay, so like I was trying about back to the copying stuff. It's kind of like so these. So all of a sudden there was a bunch of new galleries that came up and some of them were respectful and some of them would just straight up just show like, or they'd say stuff like, Oh, Mark Ryden's in the show or something. And everyone's like, Oh, cool. Mark Ryden's in the show. Be like, well, I never said I was going to be in the show, but then they'd put in like a painting they bought from Mark Ryden. And then they would put in like copycat artists of that. Mm-hmm. So people were buying, you know, so part of it is like everybody, everybody was too afraid to say anything. Like everybody kind of just let, all that stuff happen. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I was kind of thinking like, if like, I don't know the graffiti world that much. Cause a lot, like I used to hate, I used to like hate the, like that ego, <laughs> like mm-hmm. graffiti people and like tattoo people had like, Oh, you fucking assholes or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, you feel like you're on the, you're like not cool enough to be in with them or uh. whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Back when I was, you know, like 12 or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, sadly, you know, you know, when you, you know that feeling when you feel left out. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. But I get it now. And I was like, fuck dude, they, you, when you don't have money, you have to protect your brand somehow and ego. That's how you fucking protect it. They banded together. Like all these different, like I'm thinking back to the punk rock days, like, mm-hmm. you know, the punk rock days, if you're a poser, you got beat up. Like right. it's harsh and you know, that sucks or, or you'd be called out for selling out and, you know, from what I've heard in the graffiti days, if someone stole somebody's like, you know, moniker or what is that called? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> their their name, tag. Yeah, their tag. They would beat them up. Like they would be like, you can't do that. You know what I mean? Right. Or like in the tattoo world, they would like, like there was that one guy that was going to start that tattoo show or whatever to, you know, tattoo school or show people. And oh, like, right, right. Everybody shamed him so much that like he didn't do it and he apologized and, and mm. then they, they accepted him back in. Wow. And I feel like nowadays with social media and stuff, well, for one, every, everybody, especially in the pop surrealism scene, it was like, you know, it's, it's to the point where lowbrow was where everybody was just copying uh, mm. Robert Williams stuff. And now in the pop surrealism scene, it's like, everybody's just copying like Mark Ryden, Mary Pat. Like there's just these certain styles. It just keeps getting copied and keeps getting copied. And I think everybody was under the impression like, Oh, well, you know, it's not a big deal. And like, you know, you know, everybody should express them. But when people are straight up, like just stealing concepts, it's it's not just like, you know, everybody kind of develops their own style and everybody imitates, you know, people when they first start out. Unfortunately, with the generations going on now, it's like everything you do, you can instantly put it on social media. Exactly. Exactly. So nobody has that incubation period where they can like grow and develop their own style. And it's almost detrimental to them too. I mean, it, it is because they put something up and it's an imitation of someone else and they get all this likes because, right. you know, people like what they kind of know, like, you know, shame, shame, shamefully, like I'll, I'll be singing like, like really bad 80s songs, like, like, uh, because I worked in the mall and it's just in my head. I don't know any of the songs that, you know, right. but, but I worked in the mall for so many years and it's just like, do you want to ride in my Mercedes boy? Like, oh, why do I know that song? Like, that. Anyway. I don't know. I don't, I don't know that. No. I, well, you know, I'm over here now. I think you I think you bring up a really good point though. I, that's a very good insight into it. You know, I, I wouldn't have taken it from that angle, but I think that it's a it's it's wise and apt to look at it that way because it is sad, unfortunately, for the people that have 
cracked that egg, you know, like Chet, for instance, because I spent, you know, I spent a lot of time promoting Chet Zar and I have for the duration of our relationship. And I see so much work that is mimicry. And again, like you said, it's, it's a naive move by someone who's just starting to kind of feel themselves out. But the reality is, is that it is a dis- disservice to them and to their fan base. And especially because they're not then able to go beyond that threshold and start to explore the beautiful creative spirit that they probably truly are you know so that's a wise insight yeah, yeah. no i mean you know it's it's kind of like and i feel like you know some i, I mean i wish i would have said shit in the past because now it's like this runaway thing and they like you know chat's an original like no you were doing your shit nobody else is doing it like you know your stuff stands out as is you know one of the originals i'm not on social media so i don't know what you know things what people are doing these days but but yeah, I think it really stymies their style. I think that they might like they might put up something that is a copy of something, get all these likes, and then they're trying a new thing out. They don't get as many likes, and you know people feed off that like, oh god, I'm not going to go in that direction. Right. The other thing, the other reason why it really sucks is because like, okay, so now you've got somebody who's like, let's say you've got the new person doing the Chetzar, <laughs> like mm-hmm. the total Chetzar ripoff, and uh, this person's getting really popular. And at first, I know there's one like that actually. <laughs> there it is for sure. And then, and then you know, we're you know, I'm like, you know, we're all older or whatever, and it's like this. Like young, energetic, spunky, like you know, exactly. Cameras, like, and all of a sudden, this person gets like, let's just say they get like their own reality show, and then they get like a, you know, then they get a line of products or whatever, you know, like, like you know, I was in Target the other. I never, I never venture out, but I, I went to the Target, and um, and you know, my friend Brian Poor had done this eyeball. Like the animatronic eyeball. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I swear to God, it was the same thing in in Target. And, yep. and I haven't been, you know, I think when we first started out, our stuff was too dark. Oh, it's too dark. Like nobody's. So it wasn't like Main Street enough to get, you know, anywhere. And then I went into Target, and it, it was like, you know, the taste. I guess it was like the taste of America. Like the shit was too dark for it. But now I walked in and I liked everything there. And I was like, oh my God, now I'm the taste yeah. of America. <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that crazy? Totally. That strikes me that <laughs> way all the time too. Where's the dark end of this? But, um, <laughs> but you know, so, so now this person has a product line it, like, let's say that they, let's say they just keep copying shit and copying shit badly. And then they, and then they take it in this direction and it, uh, and they're like, you know, the next Martha Stewart of the scene, or, you know, they've got like paint chips of the, you know, the, the color or whatever right. at the Home Depot and all this stuff. And so nobody remembers who the original artist was. It's all this guy yeah. or girl, whoever it is. And, you know, they're, they're in front of it. And then, and then let's say maybe it can go two ways. Maybe maybe it flops. Then you're at the 99 cent store and you see your imitation thing like there on the shelves. It's like, or you're at like at the Target. And it's like these, like, let's say these like Barbie dolls with big heads and big eyes. And it's like, oh, the pop surrealism girls. Right. <laughs> They're little animal friends, the lowbrows. <laughs> That's <laughs> or, a good point. Our guards puppets and it's like some like cutesy thing right and then and then like let's say that doesn't sell well and then it's the nine and cent store and there's your legacy right well, <laughs> your but isn't, isn't that that's just it's the way I, that's i totally agree with you on all this but i think it's just that's just the way of the world i mean that happens that's been happening forever i think especially with music and bands like you know you've got you've got ani defranco and you've got you know Alanis Morissette. I remember when Alanis Morissette came out, I was like, holy shit, this is like Ani DeFranco light. Ani DeFranco is amazing. Alanis Morissette just basically ripped her whole thing off and became super rich and successful at it. And this happens just 
constantly, you know, and, and it's to, to me, it's it's wrong, of course, but I don't know what you can. I don't think you can do anything to stop it, especially because of social media. I, I just I think it's more like we have to figure out how to adapt to it somehow or or. I think we have to grow really big egos and make people feel left out. <laughs> now, you know, I, 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 therefore I'm not on social media. <laughs> the, the, the way I, I've approached it is to try and just kind of stay ahead of the curve and just to keep yeah. building my online social presence to where if someone rips me off, you're going to at least have a few people saying, Hey, that looks like a Chet Zar painting. You know, it's, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I think, I think, but I think like in, I think in your dark in, in the, well, God, I want to be part of dark arts. I think the are, dark arts, you are part of, you are, you, I'm telling you, you are, you're like yeah. one, of the, you're you're the show. You're one of the why forerunners of it. I'm telling you. Uh, cool. I, okay. I feel like I belong <laughs> to the, yeah, yeah. We've got one of the OGs here, yeah, you know? Yeah. You were doing it before I was doing it. I mean, come on. Uh, you were doing it. You were, you were doing it too. Like I was doing effects. You were doing you were doing the fine art dark stuff while I was still doing effects. I had that one sculpture and that was it. So you were doing it before me. I think maybe you were doing it before me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I started well, doing animation stuff. So I didn't start until two thousand. I didn't make the decision to become a fine artist until two thousand. Because I, I was at Rick Baker's and I was going and I made that decision. I'm going to get out of this and become a fine artist. And, and so. so telling you, you were but I think Chad, I think also part of this though, that is that, you know, the, the creation of a cooperative, which is this dark art society is, a you know, a band or a tribe of people who are all filling some niche in that movement, whether it's a collector or a fan or just someone who appreciates it, appreciates it down to gallery owners and artists. And that all these people are in some way kind of intrinsically looking out for each other because we have this, this cooperative feeling and there's these, everyone's taking caution, you know, cautionary measures and we're spreading and disseminating as much pro tip information as we can so that we can help other people to be successful at what it is they do. And I think that the spirit of it is a little bit different. It's not cutthroat. In fact, it's like, it's for everybody and no one's going to do it the way you're going to do it. So do it the way you do it, you know? And that, I think that goes along way toward legitimizing the effectiveness of it as this paradigm shifts in the world right now you know yeah i think i think liz is bringing up kind of like you know you and i have both been like let's include everybody it's a big happy family and liz is bringing up a really good point that you know part of i guess being in a family is holding people accountable that are abusing the privilege you know if they're ripping someone off I feel like you guys are, um, I mean, I don't really, I'm, I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing these days, but I feel like the dark arts definitely because it's coming, it's, in, it's all, it's not in the mainstream mm. to begin with, whereas right. pop right. is mainstream. Right. And, uh, so it, you know, so it's like, then you've got people just shamelessly selling out, like right. let's just sell our shit to target. Let's just sell our shit to Walmart. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, yeah. Or like people are mining off of it, but it's like, they can't really put like your design on a t-shirt and expect it to like go fly out the doors at target people to be like, hey, like what is it I, I, the, the, the time that the time may be coming though because i mean i've always that's just one step ahead of the game eventually you give it 15 years and that'll be the I'm shit t- on I'm, target t-shirts or the place will be called bazalas or something and stack because targets won't exist anymore you know? I'm, t- I'm telling you that <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you uh Especially like, like I, I've said in the past, Mike and I have talked about this in the past. This is, you know, the dark art thing is more relevant to me. I think personally is more relevant than any other thing that's going on right now because the world is so fucking 
dark right now. You know, it's yeah. definitely the worst it's been in my lifetime for sure. You know, ex- may- except maybe we knew when I was born around the civil rights era and stuff, but I, it could be even worse. I think, you know, with everything that's going on politically and, and just the division in the country, it's really super relevant. The dark stuff is super relevant. So I think it's, that's why I think it's going to, you know, kind of grab hold and become its own real respected movement, you know? So, you know, that, which, and which may lead to monster shirts and target or, you know, Liz <laughs> no, McGrath, I, I, Cleaver's, Cleaver's, uh, oh designer God, series and target. Like, <laughs> there was like some whole art show of cleavers or something going on. And you, were you, the, like, were you the first know. person, you were the first person that I saw doing that. Right. As far as I know, I mean, you know, cause I, it became I a thing after it, that. I got kind of like I try, you know, I'm I threw my hat in and tried to paint a Robert Williams piece, <laughs> and I, it was it was before Cobra Nation existed, and it was like they were showing they did like a show at a tiki bar, and like I got shamed. They're like, oh, that's just a Robert Williams ripoff, and I was like, well, he's my favorite, and so I, I it forced me to like I had to, I came up with this totally different thing, like, uh. and that's that's when I came up with this like kind of just based on like uh, the animation stuff. I you know worked on that Sepultura, uh, you know I somehow became art director for the Sepultura video and I worked on some other stuff. And so using what I learned there, I just kind of made this thing. Right. And, you know, but there wasn't also the galleries were awesome. Like Billy was just like, Oh, make whatever you want. And like Greg, you know, they, they were so, they, they were great. You know, they, or they are and were, but um, the way they approached it was they love, they love the art. Right. So they don't, they want to just, you know, let the person create what they're going to create. Like they, mm-hmm. they're just fascinated by it. And so, and they also started off as collectors and some galleries just know the business and that's important too. And then some galleries it's, you know, I don't know what they're, <laughs> it's like a popularity <laughs> contest, Yeah. but right. um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that at this point in time, you don't really need a gallery anyway. You I, know, just, I know. I know. And, you know why are you giving 50 percent to the gallery like right. there's not really and that's the other thing people like think oh you're making so much money and like it's like well yeah. you know <laughs> i think i'm making like two dollars an hour <laughs> i know we've we've done yeah, a lot totally. to dispel that to, to dispel that myth um but, on this show <laughs> yeah yeah but uh uh oh i was gonna say something good about galleries shit it's gone oh man well, shit Shit does fit with Copro. You did. This happens at least once to show. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Once he stops trying to remember it, it'll pop right back into his head. <laughs> it always happens that way. It's well, kind of miraculous. But yeah, you're right, Liz. The, the world is moving on. I mean, that that is a reality. You know, the way that it was, the, the dominant paradigm of the galleries and, you know, the big music corporations and the production houses for films and all of these peripherals of this artistic expression are, you know, all of those those grandfathers stood by the gate saying, no, you, sh- you shall not pass unless if you A, B, C, D. That stuff's all falling apart. And now everybody can just kind of do it themselves and it's a free for all. Yeah. And so it really is a, a wild new world out there for especially for people that are just like me i'm you know chet's not up and coming he's well you know he's been around i made a film about this dude and that's basically what i got you know and so chet's like do this podcast with me because i think you'll be great at it but you know so i'm just like well where do i find my way well shit you know here's this audience right there and if you're original and you're a creative person and you're doing your thing you know it'll work that's the thing and that's what i'm always pitching you know chet's the realist i'm the optimist there's there's a lot of opportunities and i'm not saying the gallery you know i'm not saying the galleries are i just say that the gallery system as it stands is not gonna it's not gonna be sustainable i know what i was gonna say 
Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> it, it, no, <laughs> because you brought that back up. I was going to say, from my perspective, that the gallery thing is, um, I, you know, I've been, I usually do one solo show a year and I've kind of stopped doing uh, group shows because, especially themed group shows, because, you know, those are crazy that you're, the idea that you're doing something outside of your wheelhouse and outside of what people want from you and what's outside of what you really want to do even uh, um, on spec and then think that they're going to sell it. Usually those pieces don't sell. So you end up putting time and effort towards something that's not going to sell when you could be doing something that you want to do that you could actually sell and make a living from. So I kind of backed away from the, um, the group shows so much, but I do the, the, the one cool thing about doing a, a gallery that you can't get in any other way is the, the event, you know, the, the way of bringing your fans together and showing them the art in person, you know, that that's really the number one reason to do a show is just, you know, kind of as a reward to the fans in a way, because you're making less money, but you are, you, you, you go to the show and you're there for them and you get to talk to them and they get to see the artwork in person. So it's like, you know, I don't know that that's necessarily worth 50% of the cost of the price of the, of the art, but that's kind of the well, way Chad also, you, but you could do is, that so. in a variety of ways you could rent, uh, you know, you could still kickstart just know, like I, you and I did make all this money, rent a warehouse in a great location yeah. and do the same thing with less, with less requirements placed on you by the, you know, the people know. involved. I'm, I'm, I'm so loyal to, to Gary and Copra. I'm not saying, you know? you, I'm not saying anything bad about Copra. I love Gary. I love Erica. Yeah. I love Copra. I'm just saying that as the model changes, you could still do events and amazing right, exhibitions right. and things of that nature without having to have it fun through that particular avenue you know? right right yeah yeah no if you have a system that works stick with it i'm i'm i just did that show with um cory halford and you know uh, dark howl right dark howl you knew, we knew about it it was kind of like i mean i talked to them about it and you know i was kind of disappointed that um nobody fucking knew about it and blah blah blah. whatever we're i don't know what i'm doing but um but they were you know they were receptive and they're like okay well we want to know your viewpoints like how can we make this better and that's and that was cool you know and so um you know, but so if you have something that's working, stick with it. But, you know, it would be cool to like, let's say you just like somehow rented like a forest somewhere and then you put all your paintings like on trees right. and your sculpture on trees. And then you like gave all your fans like some flashlights and you did this like whole event where it's like, yeah. you know, like like a tent or something. Like, now we're so talking. Like, you know, like, yeah, or up in New Mexico, like we were, you know, the, this vampire parade thing. It, it was like 120 bucks to like fly round trip. Uh, into Albuquerque, like around November, like and that was just you know a price on the Saturday. Right, right, like, dude, right. well, that's cheaper than like going out on the town in like Hollywood or right. whatever for the night. So there's so many different ways. I would, I would, God, I, I can't remember where I read this, but um, uh, Salvador Dali and Gallo, like at one point, they're like, well, shit, how are we gonna sustain ourselves? And she was like this genius kind of uh, promotions person, and she's like, well, let's you know rent a castle. My accent sucked, but she's like, let's rent this <laughs> castle, and we're gonna have like twelve patrons come, and they're gonna pay for our rent every month, and we'll throw a big crazy party, like you know, once a month, and we'll unveil your painting. Um, and so that was kind of you know, and that flooded the rent. That's how uh, that couple on Florida got you know the the they were like. I don't know, I guess they were like nouveau rich or whatever. So they were ostracized by the rich. So they ended up buying all these uh, amazing Salvador Dali's. That's oh, not for it. How cool is that? Yeah, of course, like Spain wants the Salvador Dali's back, but 
they weren't there for him. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> it's all exactly. about those. It's all about those powerful women behind the scenes that see the edge. You know what I mean? And they're like, oh no, you know, that's it's like my wife always says. Every every good man needs a strong woman behind him. You know, and it's the truth because like or they, you know. <laughs> well, there's always that too, <laughs> but it's true because, you know, thinking outside the box is one of those things that I think men typically, and again, I'll just put this caveat in there, you know, all generalizations fail in the face of individuality. So I'll just say that, but I'm still going to say my generalization anyway. I think men generally are very much uh, fix it oriented. You know, they, they want to solve problems and solve, so, you know, a solution to a problem. And I think that women have a much more well-rounded idea. And I think it's from gathering as opposed to per dating and like hunting when you get back to like these, you know, ancient times and stuff. Women, women, they take their time and they assess and they move around and they pick things up and they inspect. And generally speaking, their solutions are probably longer lasting. And so it's this powerful thing, like you talking about, you know, going out and putting your paintings on trees and having, you know, that idea would never dawn on me, you know, now I have my own outside the box ideas, but they certainly wouldn't be as interesting as that. Yeah. Give them all flashlights, send them out in the middle of the night, give it a full on, you know, experience, you know, and that just came off the top of your head. So you're already thinking outside the box. I don't think you're stuck at all. There's no midlife, anything going on here. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of like, uh, um, trying to figure out where, what I'm doing. Like, you know, like I, I hate, I hate the system I'm in. I hate, mm. I hate doing social media. I love all the people, but I, I'm so slow on social media just cause it takes me forever to text. Cause I hate wearing glasses and yeah. I don't know, you know, I, 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 I got, so I was doing this show or I was in this like group show again, one of these things. And I'm always like, I'm always late and I'm always behind deadline and I was stressing out. And I think I was working on some piece and it was at the beautiful, beautiful bazaar and the show was in New York or something. And then I remember cutting like the tip of my finger almost off. And I was like, oh, oh, God. I so I just like duct taped it back together. And <laughs> normally, it, like, you, know, like you know, you, you know, the fear of God It's like, oh my God, this shipping's going to cost 600 bucks. And I don't have my rent, like this whole thing. And you're like to the, you know, the last week and it's, and it was a, like a Friday and the show was Saturday night. Right, <laughs> right. And so I had to like FedEx and it was this huge goat or whatever. <laughs> and, um, anyway, so. So then after that, like, you know, I didn't think about it. And then like a couple of weeks later, my finger got like super swollen. It was like all itchy. And like, I was like, oh my God, what happened? And I vaguely remember cutting it, but I, I didn't think it was that same finger. And I'm like, I, I remember duct taping it, but I kind of always do that. So anyway, so long story short, like four months later, I'm like my nail basically grew like a claw. Oh my God. <laughs> and, wow. Yeah. And then I was like, oh my God, what the hell? And, and, you know, I went in there and like, everyone looked at me like, I was disgusting. Like I finally went to the doctor and then like, there was all these like young, my doctor was like 20 or something. <laughs> and, like, and then, you know, and I'm just like, uh, and they're all looking at me like, what's wrong with you? And it's kind of like when you see those fingernails on TV and you're like, how do they let it go there? Like, <laughs> like, like well, we're going to take some clippings and maybe it's a fungus. So I just kind of kept it covered. And then I was like, oh man, this is so embarrassing. But it took like, you know, the, the I guess it's like growing a fungus. So it takes like three months or two months or something to grow this thing. So they did all these like tests and all this stuff. And so at this point, like, you know, I'm really bummed out, but I couldn't work. So uh, that's why I haven't done anything. Uh, but so it's kind of like, cause I couldn't really get my hand wet. Like I went as far as like, you know, duct taping a plastic bag over my hand every time I took a shower and all this wow. stuff. And then one day I, I just, I don't know, I was looking at it. I was really bummed. And I had like one of those cauterizing machines. I don't know. I got like to cauterize, like, Skin tag. I don't. Yeah, I, I didn't yeah. have skin tags, but I wanted to. I don't know. Anyway, so I just started cauterizing my fingernail, and then I was Holy like, uh, it wasn't working because I just wanted to get rid of it because wow. I just was convinced it was a fungus. 
And, um, and at the same time, like, I guess I got like a concussion because I didn't, I didn't realize, like, I just, I was so stressed out. And, uh, and so, you know, on the same day I went back to the hospital to, uh, or the doctor to get, you know, for them to look at my finger and no progress has been made. And except for that, I like cauterized part of it, <laughs> like a nail off oh or whatever. Goodness. And then they're like, oh yeah, it's not, it's not a fungus. I'm like, what? Like, she's like, yeah, it's totally not a fungus. And I'm like, I, I just want you to remove the nail. Cause I'd read that they can just remove the nail. That's the best way to get rid of the fungus. And the girl's like, well, I'm going to, um, let me go get the other doctor and, and we'll like confer. But there was like a whole class there that time. Uh, They're all looking at me like a zoo animal. And I heard them like behind uh, the door and I was like waiting. And I, and I heard the lady say like, a patient would like to remove the nail, possible body dysmorphia. Oh <laughs> God. <laughs> and then they all came in and I was like, Oh my God. Okay. So it's not a fungus. So what the fuck is it? And they're like, Oh, it's stress. And I was like, what? Like, I mean, there's physical, I don't know if you can see it. Can you see it? There's like, this no. is the tail end of it. So now it's actually a real nail is growing under it. Oh, wow. I'll send you photos. Yeah, yeah <laughs> send me photos. Yeah, like, I was going to ask to see it, actually. <laughs> and, and I was just like, what is, you know, and, and I had that concussion that who knew? Like, I remember moving a metal clothing rack and, and I ended up sending all these emails or texts to people like, um, like galleries and all these people like pick coffee has like you guys suck but this is what you can do to be better like i don't even know i wow. was kind of in a weird mode and then i just was like you know what i'm so free now i do not give a shit like right. if i don't like so anyways so that was uh, a, a kind of you know, lib- liberating in the long run right yeah yeah it's like it sounds like the, the rebirth after apocalypse i mean i'm broke and all this stuff but i don't i don't really care you know it yeah. looks like my new fingernail might grow in one of these years <laughs> like the doctor's note did say remember fingernails take three to six months to grow but um Wow. You know, I'm, I'm just, well, you know, Liz, you're not on your own because I have all kinds of freaky stuff going on with three of my nails, like crazy <laughs> stuff. So I can relate. And I just punctured a gigantic hole in my hand under a tractor the other day and gouged a huge hole in my leg with a branch building a a, bri- a footbridge across a river. And yeah, so I'm with you. I, I, I feel your pain. The stress, the stress clause. Wow. Well, that's like, yeah, it's kind of like a wake up call. You know, I'm definitely right there with you. I'm like, that's like I said, I, I, I. The other day, I'm just like, I'm just going to kind of let start letting stuff go. And I, I you know, I can't be yeah, there for yeah. everybody all the time and be on time for it. I just can't do it or I'm going to fucking have a heart attack or something, you know? No, my blood pressure went up to like 188 over. Like this was like two weeks ago. I know I never had high blood pressure. And I went in the same day that they're like, oh, it's not a fungus. And then, you know, I, I guess I had the concussion, but my headaches had gone away. But I was like, oh, I already have this appointment. So I went in and they're like, oh you have a big bump on the back of your head. I'm like, Oh, this from this clothing pole. And I also like a dog, a, a can, a dog food can fall on the back of my head. Like just a bunch of random people <laughs> in the same place that I didn't think. Of. And they're like, Oh, and your blood pressure is like 188 over like 125. Wow. Also, like all this stuff. And they're like, it could be panic attacks. And, but his only advice was like, you have to calm down and stop thinking so much. Like just do that. And I remember telling my friend and he was all pissed. He was like, they don't do anything once you're over 40. They don't give a shit. Like, unless you're overweight or something, they're not going to do anything. And and he's, you know, he's telling me this stuff. He's kind of a hypochondriac. And I was like, you know what? Like, it's stress. And I never would have believed that. And the sucky thing is, it's like, I don't really feel stress because I've been in this state right. for so long. Yeah. Like, that's actually what helps me finish art shows is just right. that, yeah. that stress. Yeah, but the adrenaline not, rush. Yeah, but it's not working for me anymore. Right. I, I don't care. Like, the first time I missed an art show deadline, like it was actually like, do I take my daughter to the hospital, right. like in the middle of the night, or do I finish this piece? Cause her temperature at the time, I didn't know, like 
you know, when you have a baby, like, oh my God, it's 102. And that was literally what it was. And I didn't go. And after I missed the first deadline, then it was way easier to miss the next ones, you know, because, because in the whole realm of things, it it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. I know. I know. And yeah. Are they? It's, it's you, like you're shouldering all this stuff. Like, it's just just so what's going on with me right now. Like the other day, I just got to interject really quick is I did this Kickstarter for this, to do this book, this book dystopia where I'm, where Mike and I are working on this, where I'm mythologizing my, the the world that I've painted and we've got a lot of money for it. And um, it's taken way longer than it was supposed to have. So I've got this, all these rewards hanging over my head that I have to deliver, including the book, including all the artwork, because I really didn't know what I was getting myself into. And so far, out of, you know, there were 600 people from the first Kickstarter that donated and what, 300 for the second one? 300, Because we yeah. did a second mm-hmm. one. So mm-hmm. far, only I think two people have given me any kind of shit and hassled me. And, um, Isn't that amazing? Yeah, amazing. Awesome. It's because my... Out of almost a thousand people. Yeah, because my, my fan base, they're amazing. They're amazing. They're super supportive and, you know, they're just amazing people. And um, I realized, though, you know... A normal person would be like, oh, okay, I'm going to just, you know, re- relax and get everything done. No one's hassling me. Everyone's being cool. I'm keeping everyone updated. But me, I've been every fucking day. I'm stressing about this book every single day. And it's like, <laughs> Mike just hit his knee. E- every single day, I'm sitting there like beating myself up to the point where I'm going. I he literally does. in my I mind, I'm, I'm, tell- I'm telling myself, you know, what you fucked up so bad. You're such a failure. You're a loser. And it's like, I, it's funny because, you know, I'm, I talked to my wife about, I think two nights ago or something. And it's like, I realize I'm the only one putting the pressure on me. The stuff's going to get done when it gets done. I'm going to make sure the product's good, but I am so used to being that guy to where it's like, I got to please everybody. I got to make sure everything's good that it's you know even when you are you don't even see it and then yeah. you just dog in your yeah over and, it, it. and it's just yeah. like you totally know, i do the same shit yeah and it's just like i i gotta just let it go i just gotta it, let it go you know it it, it at, at one point it just lets itself go right? like, yeah. at one point well, it doesn't work anymore and then you're just stuck that's and, the thing you get to i totally feel your stress because i it's just like ah uh, like when you're saying that feel my blood pressure spiking because <laughs> like, i know that I know that position and you just feel like you're letting people down, but you know, like I I have this piece and it's like over a year and I'm just like, Oh my God, I'm supposed to come up with, and I was really excited about it. It's this commission that a friend of mine um, wants me to do like a satanic goat head. And I'm like, Oh good. I can get back to my dark art. That sounds awesome. But whatever. Yeah. Satanic, whatever. You know, it's gonna be gory. It's gonna be blood. It's gonna be goat. I'm going to make it, you know, as dark as possible. Nice. Um, We're going to put some upside down crosses because you know, that's, I don't know, because why not? I don't care. <laughs> it's like, you know, everyone's like, how could you say that? I'll say what I like. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. You don't give uh, a shit anymore. Am I anti-Christian? Um, that's, that was awesome. I'm not, not anti-Christian, but I, well, am I? I don't know. That's the that, that's one of the things. I mean, we're kind of getting to the end of the podcast, but I really, you know, that's one of the things that I I <laughs> wanted to ask you about, at least touch on it, is that, you know, one thing that we have noticed and, and kind of understanding dark art and this whole dark art world is a lot of us have used this kind of dark artwork to channel our uh, trauma and negative childhood experiences into a, a positive thing, taking this kind of these negative feelings and turning it into something kind of beautiful that people like us can appreciate. And I, and I was watching an interview, like it was a, a 
a, a short little a promo thing for, for your uh, documentary that I didn't even know existed, which was another thing I wanted to ask you about, but it was, but you're talking, you're talking, you were talking about, it looks amazing. You were talking about kind of getting put in a girl's home. Oh yeah. I and it's it. like, it, it does, do you think that your this dark angle from your artwork is really reflective of that? Because it was like kind of a, sounded like a kind of an awful negative Christian kind of yeah, thing. It, you it, went was through. A, it was a fundamental Baptist, uh, uh Christian Ooh, wow. That's a nightmare. That got shut down by the FBI for being a cult. Oh my and God. Are you serious? Wow. Yeah, it was, it's kind of weird because since I did that documentary, that, that kind of fucked me up too. Cause I did the documentary and we went back. It wasn't really supposed to be about me, but at the time they needed a female artist to mm. fill a gap at the, at the <laughs> they, it aired at the New York MoMA, I think at the, um, anyways, for the Jacksonville film festival. So, mm. so, so my friend kind of, um, like altered it. So it would like fit like right. be about me, but it was mainly about, we went back to this girl's home that I didn't even realize had existed past, you know, I was there for two years. So basically like, you know, my parents are super Catholic and the Catholic, I think, you know, I lo- I still go to churches. Like I, uh, like I'll, that's where I go. If I go to any town, I want to see what their Catholic churches look like. Cause I just love the ornamentation, you know, you know, bloody Jesus, like oh, naked. Yeah. It's amazing. Like, <laughs> it's yeah, like, they do. It's, it's dark. It's a dark yeah, religion. <laughs> the the, the so, imagery is amazing. You got a hot guy on the cross bleeding. Like, <laughs> I know. What can be better than that? Yeah. You know, <laughs> so I, and I love just the whole ritual of it. And I, and I still go to like, um, I've been going to these like Gnostic lectures and stuff. I'm fascinated by religion. Like yeah. honestly, all yeah. religions fascinate me. Yeah, we and, are as well. You know, we are as well. But the, but the girl's yeah. home was like, I had no idea people like that existed. So oh, it was wow. in Ramona, San Diego. It was my 13th birthday and I was super punk rock at the time. So my, and my parents were super Catholic. And I think I confessed them. Like I barely remember it, but uh, something happened. I was supposed to do my confirmation, and and I confessed the murder or something like that. So <laughs> just I didn't to get, fuck with it. to be confirmed. I don't know. I I think I was testing it, and I got, I just kept getting in trouble. Uh-huh. But mainly, when I look back, it's because my parents were just whatever. Right. Um, you know, they just thought I was. If somebody thinks you're bad, you're bad no matter what you do. So right. I was like the bad kid. Yeah. Um. So my thirteenth birthday, they said that we were going to the wild animal park, and instead. They took this detour Ooh. and it was a Ramona San Diego and these like iron like gates, like, and it was an old FBI building. Fucking horrifying. Um, in Ramona San Diego and these like gates like slide open. I hear this Christian music and this guy comes out and he had like these tattoos and I could swear they said like love hate on them. Oh my God. And, you know, and, and, and everyone else was like women, like with the giant hair. Cause they would be like, Oh, the higher the hair, the closer to God. Right. And like and there's all these, well. tattoos. I was like the only punker and the only Asian probably oh at the time. God. And so, like they put, they locked, they lock you in these rooms called the GR rooms to get right with God rooms. So I was locked in the room for like off and on for like three months and you couldn't talk to anyone unless they were like the, you know, a helper or something. So you can only talk to like four girls. You had to look on the floor and all this stuff. Um, it's similar to like juvenile. I don't know if you've been to juvenile, <laughs> but there's like yeah. all these, like these like lines, these like colored lines on the floor. So you had to look down. So they kind of had like that kind of system, but it was like, you weren't even allowed to go outside. So you've been there like six months. Wow. Um, and the walls were just like, you know, blue and white. Like, so, um, so they play these, uh, these tapes outside my door, these religious tapes. And that, that was kind of, I think at one point I managed to like rip the nails out of the carpet and I carved like Satan in my arms. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I didn't, I wasn't like a worshiper of Satan by any means. I yeah, just wanted right. to He's fucking and, with them. Uh, other stuff like that. And, and, uh, you know, so, but anyways, they just play these like tapes like you're on an elevator to hell. Do you know what hell is? Oh, hell. Eternal darkness. How like, old were you? I was a uh, thirteen. It was my thirteenth birthday. Oh my god! So, wow. cl- cl- do you, do you feel tra- traumatized by that? 
Um, you know, part of it was like, I feel like I'd never, like, I really like that schedule, the really tight scheduling they had. I've never been able to sustain that. <laughs> and I wish I could. <laughs> Another part of it was that, um, like the brother Palmer guy, he, um, I was there like the first year and a half. Wait, sorry. <laughs> I just choked up. That's <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hang in there. Ah. <laughs> I think I have like a, a hair in the back of my throat. <laughs> That's okay. We can cut it out if we if it gets too crazy. Okay, yeah. <laughs> give me the one second. Okay. <laughs> well, while you're coughing, I'm gonna you, you can cough. Keep keep coughing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I I just to to me it's like uh, I I was just wondering if that was kind of re re it reflects is your artwork. Part, partially a result of that experience do you think um, the, the dark <clears throat> the darkness of it or was that do kind you look of at always in that you? way um you know i think i think the coughing was a reaction <laughs> like seriously like no i don't know i mean i don't know like seriously um, you know the thing about it was it's hard I to became, talk about you know it's hard to, i'm sure it's hard to talk about it sounds oh no I, well you know it's weird because i i barely remember it and as more girls like this girl, God, she's in this band called, uh, what's, what's the joke? Rumstein band. The what? There's like a mock Rumstein band. I can't think. Oh, anyway, no, she's I don't know. Her name's Tamara. Okay. So she approached me. Like I keep meeting girls from, and some of the girls are really kind of like, it's tragic. Like they get, were put in and their parents just left. So when they got yeah. out, there was just, you know, they're just like, what? And, and, and another thing is like, well, part of it is I, I do think it affected, like I, I, I made some art where I just kind of did these like lonely highways right? because there was nothing around, but like this weedy grass with some cows and stuff. And you weren't allowed to read any books, but the Bible, you, there was no TV. There was, you know, I used to have to do Bible searches because I became a helper at one point. And I remember one girl wrote Dio really big <laughs> like on her Bible. And if I would have, if I would have reported that, she would have gotten sent to the room and it would have added six months to her time. Oh so like God. the only thing I could, but if they would have found it, I would, that would have happened to me. So I had to like rip the page out and eat it. <laughs> so I, wow. This is, you know, this is it's horrible. This is horrible. Re really? It, this is like, you know, I think the fact that you can't remember it probably speaks volumes. Cause it's like, sure. That's, that's serious trauma. I think of, you know, you may have been mature for 13 or whatever and into punk rock, but I think you're still, a child at 13. I mean, when your you're, neural pathways are still developing, you, you have a, a daughter, correct? Oh yeah. She's a uh, six down. Yeah. Now imagine when she gets to be 13, you're going to look at her and you're going to go, Oh my God. Because yeah, I mean, be it, was, it was crazy. Like I don't, you know, I, I was there the first year and a half that the guy started it and he found Jesus in a McDonald's. And that was kind of like, at least in the Catholic church, there was like, you know, a president <laughs> for it, but it's like, you can find Jesus in AA. Prison. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden you're, you're like in charge of 50 girls, you know? So there was a hundred girls in my dorm and we were kind of slammed in this, you know, uh, but we all had bunk beds. We had one drawer. We weren't allowed paper and pencil. Like we weren't allowed to write or do anything, but he made me the artist. Like he labeled me the artist. So I had to make like, I think at one, I made like the do right tree and the do wrong tree. Like I would, and wow. I would, I would be able to like draw on people. So, so in that respect, and I think like he kind of liked me like, you know, as a person, like, I don't right. know. He, I was, and his wife, like they, I think that, they were also very racist. Wow. <laughs> so they called me the chink. So I feel like I was like, holy wow. shit. Oh my That's God. This crazy. woman um, came back and she was telling me about what happened six years later. Cause then he started going crazy. And by the time he became head of a flock of the head of the Florida 
children's so in in, in uh oh my god uh, what do you call it in, yeah florida god what was the town jay florida where his son and his son-in-law became like they're sheriffs of this town like and that's when it got into like he you know he got accused of rape and like oh my the god brother, like, there's all this shit that had happened and so we were capturing all this with the with the, so i kind of got lucky i think but she was telling me, like, I remember vaguely they had, like, Celebrate Your Nationality Day. So I got Pearl Harbor Day. And they had Aunt Jemima Day. But at the time, it was oh me and another African-American girl. And um, and she said, like, six years later, they did this thing where they made... She had just... she It was, like, her second day there. And uh, and she was there, and they, they made all the African-American girls wear, like, headscarves on their head and put watermelon patches no. on everyone and and she said that um all the helpers the other girls were they thought it would be really funny and brother palmer allowed them to dress like the kkk and go in there and she said these girls were just sitting because you're not allowed to talk to anyone and they're just and you have to wear culottes you're not allowed to wear pants if you wear shorts you have to wear dresses and you're wearing like clothes that i don't even know where they got these clothes these girls are just like crying like oh my god and I'm like, I, you know, I vaguely kind of, I remember from mine for Pearl Harbor Day and, you know, my mom's from Singapore. So right. <laughs> like so, I had, um, I had to like make paper balls and like throw them at the girls, like sitting down while he gave like chapel. And then these two girls like came and put me under a table like they care. But, you know, I was 13. I didn't know what Pearl Harbor was. So I didn't, right. you know, it wasn't, but you know, that was a big eye opener to me. Like when I was there, I was like, holy shit, dude. Like this is America. Like I, I didn't know that that existed. Right. And now I'm very much aware of you know all the shit that's going on. The other thing is that's a whole prophecy. Like I could go on and on because part of my thing was revelation. So when I became helper, I was supposed to give uh, devotions every morning. So I would just talk about the Book of Revelations because <laughs> because why not? You know, <laughs> I still had that Bible. No cross reference. I had all these like escape plans. Like because there's 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 these verses. Like if you know because part of it is. If you, if I run into you, I have to save your soul or otherwise your blood is going to run off my hands. Right. But if I save your soul, then I get treasures in heaven. Again, it's like greed and guilt, greed and guilt. Right, yep. <clears throat> so I was like, there's no way I can sustain this when I get out of here. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I read all these passages like, wait, there's a certain number of people that like go to the caves and like the rocks shall hide them, you know, in the face of the cave. And so they can hide out there. And then they creep back down because heaven is earth made anew with less water and more land. And it's all crystal palaces. And I'm like, oh, that's obviously the ice age. So I'm like, uh, <laughs> creep back in on them and like, just be like, oh, bitches. Like, I don't know. You know, it's like, you know, what was the punishment? So I had all these like loopholes. So I just kept studying. Like, so I got really into that part of it. But part of the signs, okay, there's the red heifer, the red cow. People keep cow. It's like, you know, uh, Jerusalem mm -hmm. becoming, going back to the Jewish people. So it's just, there's all these things and it's like Pence and this fucking other dude, Bannon. Oh, he's all about like the whole anti-Pope thing. Like, cause they believe that at some point there was like a double cross right. and this guy's like anti-Christ. But there's just, there's so much weird prophecy and it's like, why are these people falling for it? But it's you know, being, well, at this, they're kind of making it happen in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like that's what they're saying about Trump uh, calling declaring that uh jerusalem's the capital of israel that's like a biblical prophecy he's doing that to appease the the extreme religious oh, yeah, right. they, well, they want the end of the world to happen because they believe that we're all going to be you oh, know yeah. left behind and yep. they're going to be wherever and in the meantime here's my theory they're we're gonna like that's why trump and all those people they want to populate space but they're gonna like mine some shit up there and they're gonna send like you know they're gonna send prisoners and refugees up there and yeah right 
and robots will serve them down here. That was just one. But you know, I did predict <laughs> it was the Russians. So that fucked up the other. But you know, I have to say I have to disagree with you on one thing that you said in the beginning that we're in the worst of times. But actually, we're not. I think that uh, you know, I think that things have. I think it's just the more you tune in news and the more you follow any of that shit. It's it. it I think it's kind of. It is what you make it. Like reality is what you make it. Oh yeah, and I agree with you. When you think back to like the the dark ages, like stuff was you're, way yeah, more yeah. fucked up. You're right. You're right. You're right. But but well, but if we were in another country, if we were in Syria, yeah, yeah. things would be fucked up. Like we would, you know, it'd be different. Can you, you hear? Know, so. Can you hear the? I'm hearing a. Yeah, it's a double. A, whoa. Uh-oh. Well, I'm on a different track, so maybe it's not on my track. But what Mine I was going to say sounds the same too. You're you're. you're Whoa. Whoa. Shit. Screwed me up. Okay. You're right, though. I agree with you. I'm going to take my headphones off a little bit. I agree with you in the sense that, yeah, things were way worse during the Dark Ages and probably many ages throughout time. But now we've got nukes. We've got social media. We've got the president who's tweeting to millions of people all these horrible shit. So it's like... You know, it, it, you could make the case that it's it's a matter of equilibrium based on, um, you know, everything kind of balances out and it's always kind of the same in, you know, where, well, you know, I think, the thing that's, I think the thing that makes these the darkest times is the, the social media, the being alone and not banding together. And they, God, what book was it? Uh, Brian was talking about this book. I, I can't remember what book I was reading it in, but they were talking about like, and this is just a theory, like I'm not saying this is it or whatever, but it's an interesting perspective, like how monkeys, yeah, Brian Poor was telling me this, like they'll band together, like there's trauma and everything, there's fucking stress and everything, they're they're like, you know, running in the forest, a whole bunch of them, and then like the mommy drops the baby and a jaguar eats it, or like another one gets its arm ripped off, and and they all like huddle together in the dark and they're always scared, but like they have like a a team around them that's always comforting them and like Mm -hmm. helping them get over this, because that's life, you trauma every day is, is, Mm -hmm. there's going to be some shitty stuff happening, but it's being able to like roll out with it at the end of the day. And so, so you get in an accident or you come back from war or something and you're in with your teammates and everything, or you're at the hospital and everyone's around you, then you're at home and right. you're just, you know, then you're kind of coping with it. And that's the PTSD. And they were interviewing a lot of people that were part of the blitzkrieg. And so, um, you know, bombs are dropping London's like fucked up. And they, they were saying like, they were really worried that people were just going to start looting London and it was going to go crazy the minute the, you know, the bombs are dropping and, you know, and all of a sudden, like the homeless guy down the street became the hero, the like prisoner guy, whatever, you know, much like they depict in most, a lot of those zombie movies, right. <laughs> this guy becomes like, like he's the guy, he's the renegade. And he, they were interviewing all these people and these people were like, Oh, you know, it's weird to say this, but that was one of the best times of my life. You know, wow. like British accent, like that was the best time of my life. We were like, we were in the, we were in the basements and the railways or whatever, you know, like, because they couldn't do anything about it. And they right. had to live day like it was their end, you know, and they were, you know, making, having a lot of kids came out of time, but, uh, but they were drinking, like that was all the alcohol. They had. Like they weren't, there was no judgment because it could be your last day. Like all of a sudden right. there was the walls put up and the, you know, the person that was like the loser is now the hero. There was no, you know, judging people on their monetary gains and what, you know, it's just right, everybody right. standing together and judging people on how much they're committing to each other. And, you know, just shit like that. Like, it was just really interesting to hear that. And a lot of those people did really well. They came out right. of that and did really well where it's, you know, you know, of all the other groups of people coming out of traumatic situations. And they think that that's, it's because they had that spirit of it. And 
Yeah, that's interesting. Well, it, I mean, I could see that it would definitely take you out of uh, the status quo where you're getting too comfortable and you have to deal with true adversity. You know, hopefully people band together in circumstances like that. But I, let me let me counter what you said with uh, social media being social media is the one of the bad things, but it's also one of the good things because there is a whole community of people supporting each other um, online as well. So it's like, you know, you got to it's like you got to kind of take the good and the bad. It's not all bad. It's not all good. It's sort of how you how you use it, I suppose. You know what I mean? But, it, but it's isolating. It isolate. You know, people don't have to go out. And it's like right, right. Without, getting the, without being in a room full of the people like what, you know, with a, it's it's like one thing, like some people. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm like in a weird hate level. <laughs> like I used to. I mean, I'm certainly not a stranger to social media. Like, how could how could you not me? I just. You know, I, I just kind of, I feel like I was, I was heading down a dark road. <laughs> yeah. I've, well, I've heard it said, you know, that it's, it's like, there's more, con- you're connected more with people, but the quality is not as, as high as real interaction in person interaction, which I could see that point as well. But I don't know. I'm like, I'm, I guess I'm kind of like, you know, this is the world we live in. So we are forced to kind of. But it doesn't have to be. We live in whatever world we make around us. But I mean, you know, I'm not, you know, at some time, at some point, well, I that's, know that, that's what I, why I'm what's that's what I'm saying as well, though. That's what I'm saying. The same thing in a way. It's like, you know, I'm trying to make the best of the situation in, in uh, based on what's happening in the world right now with most people, which is trying to u- utilize social media in a positive way and filling it with art. Because that's one thing, you know, Whoa, there has never been know. as wait one second. There has never been as much artwork being seen and shared ever in the history of humanity because of social media. And, and that's a pretty big deal. You know, that's, that's a, that's a big positive thing. I think, you know, as, as well as people getting sick and people sharing uh, GoFundMes to help them and stuff like that, you know, there's two sides of it for sure. Well, and everybody's different too. I mean, that's the reality. It's like my mom, for instance, she's an introvert and she has to charge up to go out and actually do social things with people. She has mental illnesses that can cause her to have issues with that, just like everybody does. A human condition is mental illness to whatever degree. And so, you know, she needs to actually step back and recharge in order to go out. I'm kind of a hermit myself. I really don't want to necessarily be around large groups of people, but I like to be around select small groups of people. So like two to three people, you know, but only like once every three months. And so, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing because for me, social media has allowed me this opportunity. The other thing I've noticed is that I'm really intense. And so people can really only deal with me for these small increments of time. It's kind of the quote from the movie fight club when Morgan Freeman's talking about Brad Pitt and he says, you know, anybody that spends enough time with me eventually, you know, finds me disagreeable. You know, because it's I'm intense. And so it actually helps me to Morgan meter F- out. Oh, in Fight Club? Yeah, Morgan Freeman. Is, oh, not Fight Club. <laughs> I was like, what? Morgan Freeman is in Fight Club? <laughs> the movie Seven. I was because Brad Pitt's in Fight right, Club and right. Seven. My correction. <laughs> in Seven, when they're the detectives. Um, but I think, again, you know, each human being is individual in a concoction as well. And so it could be bad for some people and good for other people. It could be mediocre for some and fantastic for others. And I think, again, it's all what we do with it and how we channel it and whether or not it becomes something that is destructive or constructive and whether or not it's something that, you know, we utilize as a crutch or we utilize as a springboard. I mean, I just feel like, I feel like one of the things that maybe not, I mean, I guess one of my problems with it is that everything kind of becomes commercialized, yeah. not, not the artists, 
and not the not the fans of the artist and not that but it's the companies they come in there and they still or like i just heard that god i can't remember the name of the site but they're an instagram thing and they got all the artists to like give them images like oh we're gonna promote you and now they want the artists to pay to be really? on there so god, i can't remember someone was telling me about i can't remember what it is it's one of those instagram things and it was like First of all, like every time someone's doing a book or a magazine, it's like you have to give them all the images. It has to be this. Like they're not doing any of the work. You're sending them all right. the stuff. Yeah. And then based on what you're sending them, now they're putting all this stuff up. And so you basically built their commercial. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And now, and now they're going to get like other artists, the copycat artists who like, right. who are like, oh, I got to be on there. I wouldn't say they're copycat, but the people that don't know because right. they think like, oh, this is how Sonso did it. And right, if no one told right. them, and then all of a sudden they're, you know, and then it's like this pay to play. Right. And I was just yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, no, it's, you're it's right. Neat. You got to use discretion. You got to use discretion. It's, well, it's, a, like it's a cutthroat world. Predatory. Yeah. Well, I feel like there needs to, I, th I feel like we need to protect our scene. Well, yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree. And that's, that's definitely what this is about too. This whole dark art society. There's a dark, there's a definitely a cool network. And I, I feel like there, you guys do protect it. And I feel, but I feel like this larger scene that it's part of the lowbrow and the, Mainly the pop surrealism. I feel like that one is definitely under fire. Right. <laughs> and who knows what's going to happen with that one in the long well, is run. It, isn't that isn't it called New Contemporary now? That's the last the, the, the most recent one I've heard. New Contemporary, which I hate. Yeah. I hate yeah, that term. Sick. I don't even know what that means. It just sounds. It's that, it's, it's like it's redundant. It means, it means contemporary new, new. means new. It's redundant. <laughs> yeah, like new new. <laughs> Like, like here in New Mexico, they have they they have the La Cocina, and it's like, well, La means the, so you're saying the the kitchen, right? <laughs> the La Cocina. I mean, come on, it's either La Cocina or it's the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I, it, it doesn't. I don't think that. But you know, I, I think I think well, it is what it, what it gets called. You know, right, basically. Right, yeah. I don't think new contemporary just sounds. That's never. It I haven't. Bland as hell to me. It just sounds so. Boring. It doesn't sound. It doesn't really fit. Dark arts fits the lowbrow, the pop surrealism. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with all of this. What, what am I even saying? Well, I. I I'm just glad to have you on. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad to be on. I, I hope that I don't annoy everyone out no, there. No, no. I, 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 I wanted to say um, uh, we should probably wrap this up because I know Mike usually has to pee at this point. But um, <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to John like Skinner. Skinner <laughs> was on <laughs> any John, and I'm not about to do that. Yeah, right. But um, uh, I, this is probably one of the most interesting conversations I think we've had on the podcast yet. I mean, you brought up a lot of really interesting points, so – I really appreciate you coming on and talking with us. And I'm hopefully if you're up for it, I'd love to have you on again sometime because like I said, you brought up a lot of issues that we've never, you know, we're up to like, this is going to be like the 40th episode, I think. And, uh, you know, we haven't really touched upon a lot of the stuff you brought up. So, you well, know. you know, I, I actually, I listened to your Travis Louie episode. I listened to some of them, but that was like one of the ones that, um, um, and, uh, oh, who was the other Skinner? Like those yeah. two were both really cool. So I was just listening to those and I actually was talking to Travis and, you know, uh, after, out of my concussion and talking to those Hey Magazine people about like how tattoo people preserve and talking to all these different people, like how they preserved it just really made me think like, shit, dude, we, we gave it all like, you know, yeah, we should, you're right. something needs to be done. So we're, so I was talking to try and, and whoever, like, we're just trying to figure out a solution where large corporations can't come in 
and steal what we've got or prey on some of the younger artists who maybe don't know or older right. artists. It doesn't mean like, I'm not talking by age. I'm talking by right, where, right. You know, like their, their time, like figuring out and, and, and like, Oh, this is cool. I'm like, you know, I'm a Ford commercial now. Like I'm making, you know, X amount, like, you know what I mean? Like right. just having no mm-hmm. oral. So I don't know. So it's kind of like, I don't know what we're going to do. Maybe form some kind of organization. Like a, he was telling me about, so you think we didn't notice or something that, it was like a website that says, so you think we didn't notice it's uh, but it's more for comic books. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've seen that. I've seen websites where they, they blogs that showcase where people are ripping other people off. Definitely. Or maybe come up with like an awards ceremony or right. I don't know. Something to <laughs> well, like, you know, the important thing is that just the conversation, I, it sounds so cliche because everybody always says this, but it really is true that the, <laughs> that the fact that, that you brought it up and it's, and it's kind of an important conversation to have, at least people start, start talking about it because a lot of our, People, our listeners, you know, they're offering solutions and throwing stuff out there as well. So, I mean, I, you know, I I hate, I've always been super nice and like can't say no. And like, so, um, I just found out my mom, my other sister was going to like therapy for like having a narcissist family member. So maybe that's part of it. I have no idea. Like, (laughs) but I was just like, oh God, is that why I can never, so I always get stuck doing stuff. And I don't know, maybe it was that hit on the head or that dog food can that hit my head. But I'm like. (laughs) I don't give a fuck. So I'll, I'll fucking name names. I'll call it out. <laughs> Whatever. I won't, I won't, unless, but you know, if people are afraid, like, I'll, I'll be that, I'll be that person for you. I'll do it. Well, I'll that, take it. Yeah, I, <laughs> like, I'm not afraid because I have nothing to lose. I'm already, you know, right. that's, that's, that's have a stress claw. No, it's really cool. That's good. I, I'm, it was, it's great to have that uh, perspective on here for sure. It's definitely something we've been lacking. And one thing I've, I'll just kind of say in closing is that one thing that hasn't happened in this movement is any kind of legitimate critiquing of the work. There's no, who's our art critics. We have no art critics. There well, are- that's what I think like, you know, we could, I don't know, like maybe, and, you know, and I don't want, I like, like, I don't want to stifle what people do. Like, I think it's, I think being an artist is hard enough. It, like, I know, being I know. Being an artist or writer, it's a fucking hard life. Like I didn't, I don't, you know, and I hate saying that cause that sounds cliche, but it's like, it's true, you though. know, most of us are like depressed or we're alone or like whatever. It's just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why I make it. I don't know what I do. I didn't graduate past seventh grade because of that stupid girl's home, but I got that, you know, and I, and I, I could do that. And it's, it's not like I chose to be that. It just kind of right. like, I, I, I can't hold down a job. So this is what I do. Right. <laughs> and now I can barely do this, yeah. but, uh, but you know, it's just, it's a hard life. So I don't want to like, I don't want to beat anyone up for, for, you know, following their dreams. I'm just saying that like, if we could say like, Hey, you know, originality, right. you know, just if people could just be original. And I know when I was doing my shit, when I was starting and with music and everything, it was really important to be original right, yeah. you can borrow from stuff. You can like take nods and stuff, but give, you know, give them mad credit. Yeah, like if yeah. I'm going to do something that, that has something, I would, to- I always would put like, Oh, well I'm stealing this from blah, blah, blah. Like I remember like, um, I was talking to Junko and she does this cool kind of like rabbit like thing. And way back when there's an email, I'm like, Oh, do you mind if I like kind of do a variation? And she's like, yeah. And you know, you just ask people, you right. collaborate, you get together the art, like the artists are not the problem. The artists are fucking awesome and wonderful. And, it, but I think, I feel like sometimes there's like these interlopers that come out and they have like, um, you know, galleries might guide them the wrong way or whatever. And right. if people could just, you know, not to alienate, but just to be like, dude, you're copying. Right. <laughs> Stop yeah. it. Like you're, you're stealing concepts now. Like, you know, style is one thing, but that concepts like symbol, like exact, you know, compositions, that, that's, that's a no, no. Yeah. And yeah. That's yeah. A service yeah. to you. That's well, that's, the service 
artists themselves. Yeah, I know, I know. I totally agree. Well, with there's you. a reason that, you know, the thing is, is that when I went to college, because I did go to college, we learned a lot about plagiarism and we well, learned a lot about, especially, <laughs> you know, they, they, they talked about, they talked about, you know, but that was where I learned it. And that's the whole point is that it's like they actually educated us in, you know, for instance, if you're going to write a paper, you can't rip it off from somebody else, you know, and also as an artist or a filmmaker, you can't rip off other people. You can be influenced by them, but you cannot steal from them. And so, for instance, I came out of this realm where when you're making films, you're going out of your way to ensure that every single face of every single person and every single location is covered so that you can say, yes, I legitimately did this with this person and I'm protected from having done that. But we have birthed ourselves into this world now, this digital world where, you know, you go on the internet, there's no such thing as copyright anymore. People can post your picture anywhere they want, anytime they want, and there is no, you know, ultimate circumstance that's going to force them into a corner to have to be held accountable for that. And it's because it's it's a, it's a shotgun blast. Everyone's doing it all the time. Everyone's constantly saving down images and modifying images and washing out copyright symbols and throwing them back up and hustling them out, and that shit's just going down, you know? So all you can do is stand by your own integrity, and again, as Chet said, hold those people in your trap accountable for what it is that they're doing and also to try to i think harbor in them a greater sense of what that means and why that's important because we need a re-education and why it's important to respect intellectual property rights and that's a huge deal and intellectual property rights is, is a whole other topic really that i would love to have you back for to talk about for sure yeah oh me i'm not I, i'm not i'm not that good at that stuff but yeah i mean <laughs> I pretty like, good at this so far yeah i would I'll just but um yeah, we yeah just, well, cool. I'm I'm super excited. You know, to I don't know what I'm gonna do. Vampire parade. I yeah. gotta talk about that. My stress claws going away. Good. Well, hey, seriously though, if you come up to New Mexico, part of my uh, part of my services include picking up at ABQ and driving people all over and getting them back to the airport. So okay, <laughs> I will definitely talk to you after the show. He's always hustling. But, uh, you know, when, uh, yeah, let's, let's wrap things up. And, uh, but one thing, you know, I would like for you to be more involved in the community as well. Like I said, you're kind of one of the originators of this sort of thing. So I, uh, if you get your social I media, you would make a if you, if you get, you know, if you get your social media thing sorted out or however it works, or, you know, we're planning on, you know, kind of trying to turn this into more of an organization and have resources for dark totally, artists. And we'll I would have, love that. Yeah. So I, I checked out for so long because it was becoming such an icky scene. And yeah. I, I should, I, I don't think the dark arts scene is icky. I think that that has always been a cool. I didn't even really know until I, I heard about the dark arts. I'm like, Oh my God, the people. A, yeah. It's <laughs> still, cool. it's a, um, I just never made it down to the West side. Cause I was always like, I would be doing two shows a year and going on tour. Oh my God, like, so yeah. it was so stressful. And then once I had my kid, it was like, you know, but it was like, I would have like a show at Billy Shire. Then I'd have another show overseas. And then like, we, like we went on like one year I had two shows and then we got this tour with Blondie and it's like, well, how could I not do the right, tour? With Blondie? Yeah. That was the messenger band. And I can't sing like I'm, I can do punk rock music, but so this was a whole new thing. And I was like, Oh shit, I gotta learn how to down. <laughs> so it was like, um, and that was, that was for the messenger band, but, um, right. But yeah, so I was so stressed out. So for like years and years and years, I, that's why I say like, I know that stress that you're going through. And then I had my merch and I'm like, shit, and now I'm broke. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> we, we should, you know. But, if, um, but I definitely want to be more, I just, you know, I, I just kind of felt like in talking to all these people the last few months, I was like, I'm, and especially the artists and they're like bombed and like, they're sad and it makes me sad. And I'm just like, 
you're right, man, this, this, this can't be allowed The people that, you know, are copying and the galleries that might be doing this or that, or the interlopers or the whatever, whatever it is. And it's like, it's, you know, it's just, it's like, and also hearing the same woes that like they have, it's like, yeah, we do. We spend like all our, like, we can't go to that. Like, cause we're spending like nine months, you know, out of 12 in a closet or right, whatever right. warehouse or a garage right. or whatever, like cramped up and you can't, I don't know. It starts to fuck with you. So you definitely would, uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. like I said, we're, we're going to, we're going to, you know, we want to try and get you a little more involved and, and, and we'd love to have you back on again in the near future. Yes, so indeed. I will be in touch. And also I want to talk to you about if, you know, if you need any help getting back in with your merch or any, anything like that. Cause I've been doing this all the time. You've been kind of out. I've been doing it constantly and I, you, you know how fast things change nowadays so um i would if you if you need any kind of help just let me know Why, well, thank you anyway. actually if you need any help with the with your show this uh in january i can help you organize it somehow or whatever because oh, i um, appreciate it i appreciate it i like doing that stuff cool cool <laughs> until my claw thing falls off i can't <laughs> three to six months from now i'm uh but yeah thank you very much i totally appreciate that and thanks for having me on the show too That's yeah yeah awesome. i'm was, glad you guys are doing this oh thanks. good good well thank you thank you for coming yes. on and uh yeah let's uh let's let's wrap it up you got anything closing what uh, thanks everybody for listening and we would very much appreciate it if you guys would rate and review us if you guys can head over to iTunes and rate and review the Dark Art Society podcast there you can also comment on SoundCloud you guys can find us on Stitcher PodBay uh, what Google no Google something or other just got it on a Google Play right so PodBay and Google Play so you guys can find us all over if you guys can leave us comments share us on social media and just try to help out it makes a big difference the farther reach we get the more we can spread the word so thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you guys next Wednesday all right. See you later, you guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Thanks.